What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week, Thursday at noon, to get in on the action. Got a fun show for you today. We're talking NBA rumors. That's right. The rumor mill is heating up during the NBA's offseason. We're going to talk about a couple rumors. about. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons, y'all. All the rumors are going to be about Ben Simmons. He's the biggest fish, and he continues sort of linked, vaguely linked to the Blazers. So until he winds up somewhere else or until he winds up out here with us in the Pacific Northwest or with me, you, dear listener, could be anywhere. That's the magic of this podcast. But with me, with, until he's my neighbor... Until Ben Simmons lives next door, we're gonna follow follow the saga. Uh, I I want to talk rumors, you know, just like what you know what's out there for some reporting from Sham Sharani of the Athletic and Mark Stein of ESPN, and also just some media literacy, like why the rumors are out there, and and as this stuff continues to pop up, and if it's about the Trailblazers, kind of what what we can learn from following these rumors. I wanna I wanna provide you sort of like with a, a with a sort of critical reading of how stuff gets reported in the league because that's I, I feel like that's that's important for this time of year is just to kind of know what you're reading and why. Then I want to close the show talking about Team USA. They finally won a game after a 0-2 start in Las Vegas during the exhibition season. Team USA finally won, beating Argentina on Tuesday. And I want to talk about what we've seen from Team USA and Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard through three games and three exhibition games, albeit in a, in a Team USA uniform in the old red, white, and blue. Mostly blue, honestly, but some red and white in there too. So let's get into the rumors and then we'll move on to the Olympics after that. According to a report from Shams Tarania that was published today on The Athletic, among other things, uh, I encourage you to read it. Chom says as the inside info on a couple teams in the league, but but the big one, as far as sort of we are concerned here, is that Chom says the Sixers are open to trading Ben Simmons. That's right. Uh, it previously been reported that maybe the, Bla- the Blazers, maybe the 76ers weren't open to trading Ben Simmons. That always seemed like nonsense, and now we've moved past that nonsense and into the into them openly trading Ben Simmons. Uh, the, the ask is still pretty big. It's an all-star caliber player in return. What all-star caliber player is, uh, is maybe open for interpretation? Does it mean former all-star? Does it mean someone with the potential to be an all-star in the future? Or does it mean someone who is an all-star in... <laughs> the year 2021 uh i think i think that is sort of open for um open for interpretation by you dear listener um in addition depending on how you read shams's report it it kind of suggests that the sixers are fully committed to trading ben simmons no matter what um not sure that's how I interpret it, but but the the story includes the phrase that after the game seven in Philly, the writing was on the wall for Simmons's career in in Philly. That kind of reads like, uh, and more on this in the second segment, like like uh, someone who knows that their career is done in Philly, and it's just about when and where they're traded, uh, and and not sort of about mending defenses or figuring out uh, what works and how to how to you know how to make the most of their current situation. So Ben Simmons on the trade block, asking prices high, all of that. That's what Shams has given us. Mark Stein, who is now writing independently on his own Substack, you can subscribe to it. Uh, 
But the longtime NBA reporter, Mark Stein, going independent but still bringing the good Substack Steiny Mo, says that not only are is Ben Simmons on the trade block, or at least like Philadelphia is exploring uh, Ben Simmons trades, is that teams like the Indiana Pacers, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings, and Toronto Raptors have all been in pursuit, in, in contact with Philly to, to make it happen. You will note... A bunch, most of those teams suck. <laughs> those are a bunch of bad teams. Um, that's, as as Stein points out, there might be some sort of reality setting and then Simmons might end up somewhere he doesn't want to go. That's a bummer for old Benjamin, but that's kind of how the cookie crumbles. Uh, if if it's if you're going to get traded, you maybe get traded somewhere you don't want to be. He's got you know, a bunch of years left on his contract. Could be a long time to be in Sacramento. Truly fascinating if he gets traded somewhere like the Kings. But Stein also reports that... Uh, Daryl Morey is the Sixers president of basketball operations or GM. I'm not sure what his title is or how the structure works, but he's the big decision maker there in the Sixers front office. Daryl Morey is. And uh, Stein reports that Daryl Morey will be patient and he's not afraid to start the season with Simmons on the roster. Dun, dun, dun. That means there's all this interest, but but Daryl Morey is so brave he won't even trade Ben Simmons if the right deal doesn't come around. And Stein also includes the following. I'm going to read this for you, to you verbatim. And I quote, Portland's C.J. McCollum has been mentioned often as a potential Sixers target in a Simmons deal. Rest assured that Maury longs for Damian Lillard if he's targeting a trailblazer. To me, that reads like someone drumming up the asking price. Uh, it also might suggest, and I think this is kind of a thing that we've talked about a bunch here on the podcast, is that C.J. McCollum's trade value is lower than maybe it's perceived here in Portland. That and like a C.J. for Ben Simmons straight across, straight across swap is something that the Blazers would entertain. Like C.J. plus a couple picks for Ben Simmons is something the Blazers would entertain, but not something that the Sixers would entertain. At least the way I'm sort of parsing that with Stein. Um, you know, I don't think that's like hard and fast or anything. I don't think that's, I don't think it's like only Dame, let's not discuss it but i think that gives you a sense of like what's happening in philly they value simmons very highly cj mccollum does not pass their test at at this juncture right like it's it's i'm recording this on tuesday july 13th uh late tuesday evening so like it's as of right now, here we are, uh, a few months from the start of the season, three months from opening nights, like CJ McCollum isn't going to do it. There, things can change quickly, things can get more dire, other teams can pull out. You can kind of like look around the league and maybe like, maybe the Philly does that and then they come back to Portland like, JK, <laughs> CJ's pretty good. We'll, we'll like entertain the trade offers. Let's talk a little bit more. But I think reporting from between Shams, Trania, and and Stein here, we've you get a sense that that Philly has a high asking price and and particularly from from the passage i read you from Stein's report on his Substack is like that Philly's aiming big and they're aiming they're aiming bigger than pretty darn good player in CJ McCollum they want a bona fide star if they're going to trade Ben Simmons who is for all his flaws a very good player they want someone who is that capital V very good player in return not like a decent better fit they are aiming for big fish this is what Maury does he hunts for stars he doesn't hunt for very goods in the second segment, I want to talk about sort of why this information is coming out and the way it's coming out. Uh, I want to just like 
discuss sort of just media literacy around rumors, uh, around the reports today around Simmons, because I think they'll help us sort of understand why the why the reporting is the way it is, but also sort of how to apply that same level of thinking to when Blazers rumors inevitably pop up over the summer. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can chat with me and other fans, other insiders about your favorite team, your favorite sport, whatever it might be in the sports world. I'll be hosting the Locked on Blazer show once a week. It's going to be Thursday around 1 p.m. It's going to be an afternoon, uh, my time, lunch, late lunchtime uh, show, my time here on Thursday. So you can finally join in on the conversation listen to here every day. I've really enjoyed using Green Room. I, I really, really have. Uh, it's a great way to interact with fans. There's um, and and listeners to this show, or or maybe people who don't listen to the show but do but do like to hop on uh, hop on the app. It's it's a it's a live version of this podcast, essentially our live radio program. Uh, and there's there's a chat feature. You can ask questions in the little chat room. You can request to come on uh, to co- come on stage, as it's called, and chat with me. And we can go back and forth. And you can ask your ask your Blazers questions live with me on the app. Uh, um, it's, it's a bunch of fun. I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. I've been doing it for a little over two months. Uh, and it's, it's a great way to connect with people. It's a great way. It's, it's a great way to sort of get a temperature of what fans are thinking and also kind of share my, my sort of thoughts of the day, thoughts of the hour on the team. So be sure to join me there this week. Like I said, Thursday, 1 PM Pacific time. All you got to do is download the app. It's available on all your mobile devices, iOS or on Android, uh, create a profile, join the NBA group and follow me on there at Mike G rich. So you get a notification when I when my room goes live, Like I said, Thursday, 1 p.m., see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. So we talked about the rumors surrounding Ben Simmons that also, you know, vaguely connected to the Blazers. Uh, the, the, the Simmons stuff connects to the Blazers because he's the, he's the sort of biggest fish they could get. Not that I think like it's likely that Simmons lands with the Blazers, but if, if there's like a big old trade coming that includes Damian Lord staying put, um, I think like Simmons is the best player you could add to this roster. Uh, when I did an A plus, a uh, mocking mocked my own A plus offseason. What it would look like included trading CJ McCollum, Anthony Simons, and some picks to land Ben Simmons. I th- I believe he's really good. Um, I-, I know that there are some sort of mixed mixed feelings out there about about Mr. Simmons, but. So while I don't think like Sixers are open to trading Simmons or 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 you know. Uh, they're looking for this and that like that's not like specifically sort of blazers rumors but following the simmons saga is important for this team because uh he seems to be a very large domino that will dictate a lot of what happens with the rest of the league and the blazers are in for just such a crucially important summer but what I want to talk about here in this segment is why would this news come out? Why are we hearing the Ben Simmons rumors today? I mean, in, in part, we're hearing it because reporters are doing their job. People are desperate to know the Ben Simmons news and reporters are on their phones, sending text messages and emails, making phone calls, trying to find out what the deal is from their sources. But moreover, I want to dive into sort of like the who 
who would want us to know this news and how they would benefit from us, the, the sort of the, the interested public learning this news? Who, who benefits from the Simmons, this Simmons information being out? And I think you got to think about this from uh, all of the parties involved. It could be A, that Ben Simmons agents at Clutch Sports are pushing the notion that there's a lot of, there's robust interest in Simmons. So perhaps his preferred destination, a team that maybe isn't Cleveland, Minnesota, or Sacramento, a team that's like already more competitive, would up their offer and understand that if, 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 you know, the, the asking price is high, but the it's going to happen. So go ahead and strike now if you want him on your team. Uh, I think this is, this is, it would make sense that from the sort of clutch sports side of things, the, 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 the reporting would be out there or, or you'd want the reporting out there that, that, that the Sixers are open to trading Simmons and, and here's the asking price and you, and you better do it because there's all this sort of robust interest and he's, and he's going to be gone anyway. So, so you better make your move. But I think from the other side, the sort of, if that's a, the B column is that the Sixers, the team themselves are pushing the idea that they'll wait because they have clear demands that must be met to swing a deal, right? Like when you're reading these two reports from Shamstrani and Mark Stein, you got to ask yourself, like, all of this information is out in public because someone wants it there. Um, it, it gets out to either, you know, the, these the trade rumors or rumors of trades, or rumors of interest, they get out in either, even either to maintain leverage or to create leverage. So someone is is sort of trying to create leverage by putting out some information or giving a reporter some information or someone is trying to maintain their leverage in a situation where they, they may see it slipping away by getting this information out. That's not to dismiss the work of journalists. Um, I it's it's a job that I have done professionally. I, I, I recognize that it is, um, you know, it's, it was a full time part of my job for nearly a decade when I worked um, here in here in Portland. It's it's not to dismiss that work. I understand that it is deeply, deeply challenging and, and a tough balance to sort of treat your sources right, but also, you know, bring the truth to folks and kind of sift through that and and um, and. Uh, I'm I'm appreciative of the hard work that this type of reporting, that this sourced reporting requires. Uh, I think the NBA has maybe gone a little bit far in the sort of anonymous source world, um, and that's like a conversation for another day. But like, um, th- like the this is to to have to build this type of trust with people who know these type of things is a challenge. So I'm not dismissing the work of journalists. I'm merely trying to offer some sort of um, media literacy, some perspective on why this information would be out there and, and not just around Simmons. Like I know that I'm using Simmons as the scope here. And I think there's some, some value to sort of thinking about that. Cause that's the news of the day, but, but let's think about it. Like if at some point this summer, there's going to be rumors about Damian Lillard trades and CJ McCollum trades and Yusuf Nurkish trades. And I, I, I just want to like unpack what that typically looks like the way the Blazers break news typically the stuff that seems to come from the team and seems to be like, Hey, this is, this is the deal. It comes from Adrian Wojnarowski and it comes once things are done. You don't really get that like iterative reporting from Woj where it's like, here's the thing. Okay. Here's another thing. Like you don't get like the sort of steps. I know that they kind of walked out the Chauncey Billups stuff like that, but I think that was more to like BS. Like they they were making a slow process to hire Chauncey Billups and they hadn't had him pegged for months as the coach. That was like very unique unique to that to that particular uh situation you usually when trades happen it's like boom uh 
the Blazers are, um, you know, it was like the night before the trade deadline, it was like the Blazers have some vague interest in Norman Powell. And the next morning they traded for him. Like it, that was about as close as you get to it, like slowly trickling out. Usually it's, oh, yep. Blazers made their move. Oh, they've traded Mason Plumley. You know, it's like it's you know there might, might be some whispers inside the league that are that are from other sources that are coming. Like, hey, the, if the Blazers are going to make a trade, it's only going to be this guy type of thing. But if you are hearing it from what you know the team side, the Blazers are very very tight lipped. So if you are hearing rumors about the team, it's almost going to certainly be from other teams and players' representation. So that's why I want to want you to sort of approach. Like, if you hear a CJ McCollum rumor, you say you know oh the the Cleveland Cavaliers are interested in trading for CJ McCollum. That's just, um, I don't think they would, right? But let's let's say that that's out there. It's like, who would benefit from us hearing this and how would they benefit? That's the question you got to ask. Like, would this be, does this benefit uh, CJ? Like, is, is his agent trying to maintain leverage or the Cavaliers trying to say like, okay, we're, we're you know, we're, we're may, we're being aggressive out here, or is someone else's agent who's involved in the trade trying to kind of muck things up and and put stuff out in public so other teams like make their moves? Like, who would benefit and how would they benefit? That's the question you got to ask. And I think like knowing what we know about how the Blazers do business, knowing what we know about how other news gets out there and how the sort of news merchants of the NBA work, I think we can maybe not draw conclusions because you don't, you don't always know how it works, but you you can, you can use some of your sort of media literacy, your critical reading of these things to kind of figure out who and why this would, where this would come from, what, why it's out there, what it means. And not that like one report, not that one like Shams report or Stein's report in this situation has like more veracity than the other. They're both equally true. I'm sure these are re- you know real things that they heard from folks who are deeply plugged in but they're likely not the same sources. They're likely not the same direction. So the question is, why are we hearing this information from this angle? And I think that's I think that's super important this time of year. That's why I took a lot of time to sort of tease it out because I think when we're, when it's going to come up, like this summer, we're going to hear, you know, Damian Lord to the Knicks. We're going to hear Yusuf Nurkic is getting traded here or all these things. Uh, there's a chance we don't. There's a chance you just get that tweet from Woj and it says, Yusuf Nurkic has been traded to the Pacers. See ya. Um, and then we'll, you know, react from there. But if you do hear stuff kind of trickle out slowly and you hear the rumor mill working and doing what it does, ask yourself why you're hearing it. Because I think that's, that is the sort of the super, the valuable lesson to to be taken from, from this season, from, from rumor season. It's, it's a really interesting and fun time in the league. Uh, and if you, um, you know, a little bit of critical reading can help you maybe understand and appreciate the nuances of this, of this drama filled game a little bit more. In the third segment, let's close the show talking about Team USA. Team USA finally got a win. Damian Lillard finally got a win. And frankly, Damian Lillard looks like Dame on Team USA. And I'm not sure that's a really good thing. That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar. So I, I, I was going to read you the Bill Bar copy that you're probably familiar with if you listen to this podcast. I've been telling you about Bill Bar forever. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. But I don't have to convince you this time because listener Zachary sent me an email. Zachary says, for anyone that's been skeptical about buying Bill Bars, I ordered the starter box once. That's the, that's the mixed box. You get uh, two flavors of each of, of nine available flavors. You get 18 bars. You find out what you like and you order more from there. And you know what Zachary found out? Zachary found out that there's a, there's a lot of Built Bars to like. And the email continues. And now I have $200 worth of Built Bars on my dresser. 
These things are amazing and they're perfect if you need something to just run out the door with before work or before or after the gym. Thank you, Pass First Point Guard, for the assist. No problem, Zachary. Zachary sent me this photo for proof. We got all kinds of flaves on the desk, on the dresser, rather. We got grasshopper cookie. We got raspberry. We got strawberry. We got peanut butter brownie. We got mint brownie. We got a, a, a caramel one with salted caramel. We got uh, orange. We got banana bread. We got German chocolate cake. All type. That's... There's nine boxes of built bars on here. Um, be like Zachary. Trust me when I tell you these built bars are really good because you'll probably love them too. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get 15, locked 15 rather, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. It is simply the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And whatever sports action it is, they got the latest news, odds, and info for all of it. Whether it's Major League Baseball, you the All-Star Game this weekend and the second half of the season is, is coming right around. Whether it's the final few games of the NBA Finals, whether it's the who lands where during the NHL's offseason, or if you want to bet on uh, the WNBA or soccer at home or abroad. You can do all of that on Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. Head on over to the website. Use the promo code LOCKED ON and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. The promo code is LOCKED ON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the news of the day, the rumors swirling around Ben Simmons that are vaguely, if not even directly connected to the Portland Trail Blazers. Philly wants Damian Lillard. They don't want no CJ McCollum and parts. They want the big old fish. At least now they want the biggest fish. We'll see how we'll see how it goes here from the rest of the summer. But you get a sense of sort of what what the asking price for the for the biggest name on the market is going to be, and whether the Blazers can match that, or whether it even makes sense for them to do so. Then we talk a little bit about media literacy, critical reading of 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 NBA rumors. I think it's it's really 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 important, um, and uh, it's one of the things that maybe frustrates with me me about sort of talking with fans. Like, well, I heard this, and this is like the factually true thing. It's like, well, it's you know, if everything deserves a little nuance. So I hope um, I hope that segment helped you appreciate how to read with a little bit of nuance there, because because it it everything deserves it. But now I want to talk about Team USA, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard, senior, number six in your program, number one in your hearts, number zero on your favorite basketball team. Finally got a win. I'll be in an exhibition win after the uh, Team USA dropped their first two games to Nigeria and Australia. They got a win. They blew out Argentina on Tuesday in Las Vegas. They wrap up their exhibition season against Australia, rematch this weekend in Vegas. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Dame's performance in Team USA in general. Uh, it, first off, like the loss to Australia was rough, like rough. Um, it was. It had a real familiar feel of like maybe Dame can save us. <laughs> that like Team USA seemed to have a real have a real Trailblazers feel of like maybe Dame will save us. 
And um, I tease this heading into this this episode, like or this segment rather, is like Dame kind of looked like Trailblazers Dame, and that's bad news. Uh, I want to give credit to Crazy Holdall of Trailblazers.com, who wrote basically exactly this. I was thinking it like, why are the, why have why has Team USA devolved into sort of like Trailblazers? Like Dame's gonna chuck it, or we're gonna screw up? Like isolation offense, and in, in like um, at the end of a close game. <laughs> at the end of a close game and Casey Oldall of Trailblazers.com wrote exactly that uh, in a story on the on the team's website is that Dame was playing a familiar role that's maybe a little more polite than I would have been but props to Casey for being a little bit more polite um, that's that's how you know he's a pro I mean this as both like a very sincere compliment and also maybe an indictment of Team USA but Damian Lord is the second best player on the team and that's not that surprising. He's the second most decorated player on the team as well. Like his resume is, you know, like coming in, you would say like the best two players on the team are Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard, but it doesn't always shake out like that. Like it's not, first of all, like overall value is kind of a weird thing to judge across positions. But like, you know, you, you I kind of thought you get, you'd see more out of Jason Tatum and more out of Brad Beal, uh, quite frankly. Like those two dudes I thought would be like, um, you know, maybe Dame would take sort of a back seat. And I think this is kind of what, uh, like blazer Dame and what familiar role as Casey wrote, like this is, this is the problem is like, you kind of thought Dame would take a, not maybe take a back seat, but like allow, you know, be a complimentary part, like a, like a, you know, a, a big fish in a pond full of big fish, right? Like, uh, you have this elite score in Beal and elite score in Tatum and, 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 a, you know, one of the all-time greats in Kevin Durant. And it's like, um, Beal and Tatum look bad and Dame is their second best player by a mile. And at times like against Australia, he was, he was their hope on offense. That was the dude who was going to bail them out was, was number six, the, the starting point guard. Um, <laughs> so like props to Dame, cause he is what he is, right? He's one of the 10 best players in the league. And he's, he's, if, if anyone on this team was going to be the number two to Durant, it was going to be, it makes sense that it would be Dame. Um, it would make sense if it was more collective effort. I think that was the, the assumption at heading in is that like sort of there would be more sharing of the responsibilities, but like Dame is the team USA's second best player. That's just what it is through these these first few games. Uh, warts and all, Damian Lillard, not a particularly good defender. Um, he hasn't been, he's been fine on offense, really, quite frankly. He's been fine, no real problems. Um, I thought he was really, I thought it was pretty bad in the Nigeria game, but I thought he was fine against Australia. And I thought he was um, in an easy win over Argentina. Dame was like darn good early and didn't have to be anything other than that after, the, uh, after uh, Team USA built a comfortable lead. But like, Hey, Jason Tatum, Brad Beal, anytime y'all want to help out, anytime y'all want to help out, it would be, um, it would be, it'd be good. It'd be probably good for Team USA's medal chances. Uh, I have been, I have been consistent on this podcast saying like, I'm not worried about Team USA. They'll be fine. They're going to win a gold medal. I'm not sure I think that anymore. <laughs> I kind of think this team is super vulnerable for a couple reasons. Um, other teams have just played together more like Australia particularly like those they have played through you know a world what was formerly known as a world championships but like through a world cup cycle together and now in the olympics uh and a, and a, a gaggle of those dudes were on the previous olympic team in 2016 like those they um they have they've spent a couple summers together if not three or four summers together team usa has a real bunch of dudes vibe 
they're just like these bunch we got a bunch of dudes out here and they're gonna play basketball now um also like there's just more legit teams globally than there's ever been uh australia being one of them like i think that australia team could straight up win a medal um they could win the whole dang tournament uh but like there's uh tom ziller i i subscribed to his newsletter his Substack. stack it came into my inbox this morning and tom ziller pointed out like of teams that like first team all nba players that are in this tournament one, Luka Doncic. Like, the of, of the best players in the NBA, the elite elites of the NBA, none of those... That dude is not not wearing the uh, not wearing America's uniform, uh, Slovenia's own. So like it's there's just the talent is a little bit maybe a little bit down in in on Team USA. It's just like it's a lot of A minuses, and you know there's more really good players. Uh, you know Rudy Gobert, right? Right, another All NBA type playing for France. Uh, you know it's it's there are spread out across the world there are more and better players like there's a bunch more legit teams than there have been in the past i don't it's it's not this is not um like you know the failing of 2004 that kind of prompted um the 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 redeemed team and the sort of recommitment to team usa basketball like the world is better at basketball than than they're better now than they ever have been it's great for the game um it's bad for team usa's medal chances um, also like one thing I've noticed with team USA is just, uh, this is another thing Tom Ziller pointed out is that the, all of the best players are scorers, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Like they could use some sort of like elite perimeter defenders. They don't have those. And like when Drew Holiday shows up fresh off the NBA finals, asking him to be that seems like too much of an ask. Um, and when Devin Booker shows up, he's an elite scorer too, but more than that, like the thing that I've noticed in the last couple games, particularly against Australia, is like seems like Team USA is just like overpassing because they want to play the right way, and it's a bunch of scores who are like passing to pass as opposed to sort of like natural playmaker types, and they're just like some sloppy turnovers and some like um, you know maybe not passing up an, a a good shot, but passing up like they're instead of passing up a good shot for a great shot, they're passing up a good shot for another other good shot somewhere else just like passing to pass i think the overpassing um I, it was really on display they moved the ball better and like kind of thrashed argentina with like better ball movement better assist numbers but um argentina is not as good like they're not nigeria and australia are better than than argentina so um that's i guess like a different measure uh the defense again the first two games was like truly shitty like i don't think there's any way to paint that otherwise uh, they looked team usa looked better against a worst opponent today i think bam Adebayo and draymond green are going to be incredibly important uh to to this so my like don't worry they'll be fine talk i just want to say like i'm i'm now a little worried so it's okay if you are too uh damian lord and kevin durant are good enough to win the just make a bunch of shots and win the USA the gold medal on the strength of how gosh darn good they are. Like that's how good Kevin Durant and Dame are. Uh, Kevin Durant is an, one of the best basketball players we've ever seen play. Um, he can just go off and carry a team. And and like like I said, Dame as their second best player. I kind of thought Dame would be somewhere like not that he wouldn't be their second best player. Like that doesn't surprise me or anything. Just like I I thought the team was going to look and function a little bit different. But if he's going to be this, if he, if they're going to look like some kind of like Dame save us minutes, he's capable of saving teams. Like he's that good. So I don't think it would be crazy for Team USA to win the gold medal. But 
In fact, they're still heavily favored. As uh, as of this afternoon, I checked on betonline.ag, and they were minus 600 heavy favorites to win the gold medal. Not as heavy as they were in past Olympics by any means, but certainly still uh, st- certainly still heavy favorites to win the gold medal. They're the Americans. They're this is who they are. But um, I think they've got real flaws. So I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see the rematch against Australia. I'm excited to see Dame moving forward. Um, if he's going to have to be Dame, like if he's going to have to be the letter O while wearing the number six, like if he's going to have to be that guy, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see what that looks like. I would, I'm excited to see Olympic Dame, even though it's like not great for the team. I'm excited to see Olympic Dame have to carry a little bit heavier load than I thought um, he otherwise might. Uh, it'd be great if, if Brad Beal and Jason Tatum would figure it out. Uh, Zach Levine played well today today against Argentina. Uh, I think they can get more from him. They can the when they have Drew Holiday and and Chris Middleton and, and Devin Booker, they'll have more and better options, et cetera, et cetera. But like, if, if Dame's gonna have to ball out for them to win, I'm excited to watch that. That is going to do it for today's show. On tomorrow's show, I teased this earlier this week, and now it's happening. Sean Woodley, host of Locked On Raptors, has concocted the perfect trade and he's going to stop by the program join me on the episode to talk us through the perfect trade the trade machine maestro sean woodley's going to join us how the blazers raptors and sixers can all be saved with one convoluted three-team trade cooked up by someone on trade machine tell your friends about this podcast they can get it wherever they already get podcasts just search locked on blazers will be there waiting for you appreciate you listening Talk to you soon.